there, and welcome to I'm Crazy, But You Can't Lock Me Up podcast with your host, Lindy Eldridge. I am thrilled and excited to be able to bring to you an array of guests that are going to be able to take you to the life that you want. Let's go ahead and get started. Everybody, I just want to share with you how very special this episode is of I'm crazy, but you can't lock me up. You cannot tell me that manifestation is not real. You cannot tell me that throwing enough hearts in somebody's suitcase and jackets is not real. My mentor, my everything is on this episode right now. This is Mr. Les Brown, who is with me right now. And I cannot tell you how blessed, honored, and favored I am that he accepted this invitation. And without further ado, I want you to understand that we are now talking to a man of greatness all around the world. He's not only an author and a speaker, but he is everything to so many people. Hello, Mr. Les Brown. Hello, Queen. How are you? I am better than good. Just like you always say, I am better than good. And every time I have fallen, I have fallen on my back, looked up, and I have gotten up because of you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I want to thank you for all the hearts. Everywhere I look, I find these hearts. I say, who are these hearts from? I said, I got to find her. (laughs) And here we are. Oh, boy. I'm, just, I'm, I'm so glad that you're part of our group, and I'm so glad to be a part of this podcast, and I'm so glad that we are partners, and I, I think the world needs to know a lot about you, because you have such an inspiring life and story, and so you have my 150% support, so let's get it on. What You got this interview, they say, be careful what you ask for, because you just might get it. So come on. I am excited. You gotta be hungry. And let me tell you, Les, I am hungry for you. I'm hungry for your words of inspiration because there are so many people in today's world that are lost and confused and they just don't know which way to go. But here I wanted to share with everybody, Les Brown has a new book out and it's called, You Gotta Be Hungry. And I am encouraging each and every one of you to go to Amazon and click it and get it and read it, absorb it and learn from it and grow from it. So thank you. Thank you. Yes, that's, that's my new book. And it, all of us know what to do, but it's just below the surface of the level of thinking what we're operating at. Because when something happens, you have to take time to absorb it, to reflect it. If you're going through an eviction or a divorce or a foreclosure, or in my particular situation, when you have been diagnosed with four-stage cancer, and they're talking about giving you palliative care, that you have to recognize the reality, hey, this is shocking. This, this is a new place that I'm dealing with. And so you have to get still first. And, and, and the, the, the discipline, the mental discipline that people have to go through is not focusing immediately on what's happening, but to go within and get still and just say to yourself, no matter how bad it is or how bad it gets, I'm going to make it. This will not define me. I, I'm, I'm going to make it. 
when Dr. Alfred Golson diagnosed me with fourth stage prostate cancer, he said, Mr. Brown, your PSA, which stands for prostate specific antigen, is 2,400. I said, what does that mean? He said, one to four is normal. I said, hmm. He said, and it is metastasized to seven areas of your body. And it has eaten 43% of the T1 vertebrae. So I smiled. He said, why are you smiling? I said, man, seven is my lucky number. I was born February the 17th. I'm one of seven children. Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho seven times. Naaman dipped himself in the river of Jordan seven times. Seven is my lucky number. He looked at his nurse and he said, this is a strange one here. <laughs> so I said, can you give me a second opinion? He said, yes. And you're ugly too. <laughs> I said, no, you did that. I said, I know you didn't go there. I know you didn't call me ugly. He said, yes, I did. You, you glid fact. <laughs> we both laughed. And he said, but you got this. You got this. We determine the diagnosis, but God determines the prognosis. You and God got this. I never tell a patient they're terminally ill. What I say is, that my knowledge, my abilities, my skills have terminated. Now you have to explore some other options. I was 27 years ago, and I'm glad to be here because of God's grace and mercy. I'm God's miracle child. And my goal is to let people know that regardless of what life throws at you, and it's going to always throw some things at you. There was a song years ago by a guy named Dimples, and the title was, If It Ain't One Thing, It's Another. In the Book of Life, it, it said that, think it not strange that you'll face the fiery furnaces of this world. You will not, you might. You will have tribulations. And so we're going to go through some things. Victor Franco in his book called Man's Search for Meaning, he said, life is full of un- unavoidable suffering that we can't even avoid it. It's just going to come, come at you from every which way. <laughs> so we have the power. There's a presence and there's a power in us. When we get still and connect with our, our spirit and our soul and that still small voice within, we can overcome anything. Well, I... I, I believe that because in 1986 was the first time that I heard your voice and it was on PBS. That was before the cables, right? We only had a few channels. And yeah. for some reason that night, that was the night that I guess the student was ready and the teacher appeared and it was you who helped me change my life and get out of a domestic violence situation when I had a 15 month old baby. And I studied you and all I did was I went out and I got the eight track tapes because back then we still had eight track tapes and the cassette tapes. And I just could not fill myself. I became a student of yours and I was mesmerized by everything you said. And I became more than I could ever imagine because of you. And I do give you full credit for that. Oh, thank you so much. Well, thank you for 
hear the voice and responding to the voice of greatness within yourself. So where would you like for this conversation to go right now for your listeners and viewers? Well, you know, any place it goes with you, it's gonna go right into their head, into their heart and into their spirit. So whatever you wanna share with our audience, Les, I cannot tell you how much of a difference you've made in my life. Not only are you mentioned in both of my books that I have written, the first book is Tears of Fears, Behind Closed Doors. That was the first time that I heard you. And then I have another book and it was The Breast Cancer Journey. And it's called Squeeze My Tatas. And the day after the breast cancer, you called me. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't getting any better than that. I believe that I healed because of my mind being so powerful because I was a student of yours. So whatever it is that you want to share with our audience, because they need to hear your voice. There are many students out there that are ready to absorb and become. Well, one of the things I wanted to just thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak to your audience. And I appreciate your being in our, our coaching class because you have an incredible story. I think that all of us have the ability and the responsibility to share the experiences we have and what we have overcome, what we've gone through, because it will become a survival guide for people that are gonna be facing that. And so I wanna to speak to people who might be feeling anxious and having fear. And I want my heart goes out to people who have lost loved ones or been stricken with the coronavirus. But in the midst of all of this, there's something that when I get up in the morning, I say all things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. And then there's a, a mantra that I say to myself when I'm going through stuff. Lord, whatever I face today, together, you and I can handle it. And it's very important for people to know when you're going through something, you're not alone. You are not alone. And when, when it happens, when life happens to you, it's very important that you become still it said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And when they demanded of Jesus, when the kingdom of God shall come, he said, the kingdom of God cometh not by observation. They shall say, is lo there or lo here? Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. Religious people are afraid of going to hell. Uh, spiritual people have been there. <laughs> So, so this is a time to rethink your life because the landscape has changed and, and the old ways, the old thinking, the old choices will not serve us now. Things will never go back to what they were. Might get close, but it's different. When they start talking about making love with your mascot, I'm just saying, come on, give me a break. <laughs> Y'all coming in the rest in the bedroom. Give a brother a break up in here. I mean, how do you date during this particular time? All right. <laughs> All you got to look at are eyes. <laughs> this is ugly people's time. Let the record show we're having a ball. <laughs> 
So, so what's very important is to take stock of it. When I lost the, the home that I bought for my mother, I had to stop and think and, and recalibrate, say, what am I going to do now? And I also had to reach out and get some help to think because my thinking was blurred and compromised because of the trauma that what took place. And so I'm encouraging people to get still and to call on at least seven trusted confidants, people that you feel that have your best interests at heart and ask them to be a voice of clarity. Because when you're going through some stuff, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. When you're going through some stuff, it's very important to ask for help, not because you're weak, but because you want to remain strong and ask for help and don't stop until you get it. A lot of people won't ask for help because of ego. Ego means to me, edging God out. They won't ask for help because of pride. Pride cometh before a fall. Ask for help. And by creating a, a team of collaborative, achievement-driven, supportive relationships, it helps you to begin to accelerate a major breakthrough in your life. Because we are stronger than we realize. I like the, the quote in Lion King, Simba, you are more than that which you have become. We're more than that which we have become. And most people choose to be less than what they're capable of doing. We always have that choice to be less than what we're capable of doing or to become more than that, which we have chosen for ourselves. And remember the, the quote by Robert Frost, two roads diverge in a yellow wood and I, I selected the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference. And so what you have done, Lindy, is decided to take the road less traveled with your life. You decided, Lindy, that what I'm going through, what I have gone through, that's not going to define me. And everybody that's listening to us right now, that choice is available to us. Choose ye this day whom ye shall serve, the highest that is within us or the lowest that is within us. And so I'm encouraging people not to be driven by fear that the things that are going on, it's very important that we want to be concerned keeping social distance from people and including the refrigerator. <laughs> yes, and, and, but we want to be concerned but not consumed with fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. You can't be in a sound mind when you're consumed with fear. I remember what Zig Ziglar said. He said, most people in a, a fearful situation, they use it as an acronym. They, they, the majority, they forget everything and run. But there's a small number of people. The road to life is straight and narrow and few there be that find it. And, and that small number, they face everything and rise. And that's where we are right now, to rise, because faith not tested can't be trusted. 
And so this is a time, it's easy to have faith when the bills are paid, when your relationship is working out right, you have your health, and the children are acting like they have good sense and, and don't have you singing, you about to make me lose my mind up in here, <laughs> up in here, you about to make me act a fool up in here, up in here, I'm gonna lock you up. <laughs> so this is the time that we have to get still and know. He said, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know I'm in charge here. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. And, and when you have that mantra in your mind and heart, in spite of all the things that life will throw at you, it brings you a sense of peace. And, and you dwell in that place. We can't control the thoughts that come in our minds, but we can control the thoughts that we dwell on. Because the thoughts that you dwell on can create anxiety, depression, or worry. And we're not warriors, we are warriors. This is the time we have to fight for peace of mind fight for clarity of thought, fight for a joyful spirit in spite of all that's going on. And by managing our thoughts, and, and the other thing is creating a ritual. When I get up in the morning, I, I, I mentioned the scripture that I love very much, all things work together for good, that those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. I write down seven things that I'm grateful for. I write that down, I think about it, I pause, I write that down, I pray, I meditate, and then I do some stretching exercises, I journal, and then I write down seven things I wanna get out of the day that I wrote the night before. And my goal is to learn something today that I did not know yesterday because this is a place where we have to continue to learn, continue to expand our knowledge, our, our abilities and our talents, our skills. Robert Shuler said, you either expand or you are expendable. Mm -hmm. And through this process, we take this time to work on ourselves so that when we come out, because this has not come to stay, it has come to pass. When we come out, we will be at the top of our game and be able to live life more fully and do the things that we were born to do, do the things that we were chosen to do. Because at the end of the day, life is God's gift to us and how we live our lives is our gift to God. My goodness. You know, when um, what comes to my mind right now is when I found that I had the breast cancer and because of your mentorship, I looked up at God in the universe and instead of saying, why me? And, and complaining about it, I took the ownership and I said, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? And only to come to find out that I understood what the purpose is as the hours was going on. And then three weeks into radiation, I got a divorce. What was the purpose? That's all I kept on asking because I heard your voice saying that to me over and over again. It's what you do with it. So I, I am a product of you. 
Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I, I'm like, if you didn't know any better, I, I even look like you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there is, I feel, the things and experiences we have in life, immediately when we look at those things, we feel that they have happened to us. But as life moves on and we've gone and gotten on the other side of it, we look back and we realize that it didn't just happen to us, it happened for us. And when you realize that now you're on the other side, now you can help others who are facing the same thing and their minds have shut down, their, their faith has left the house mm -hmm. and they're looking for hope, they're looking for an example they're looking for a word that they can hold on to or somebody who will say, I've been there, bought the t-shirt, and I can tell you, you will get through this. Mm -hmm. That we're messengers of hope, not just with our words, but with the example of the life that we live. Mm -hmm. and, and what a wonderful feeling it is to be an instrument of God mm -hmm. to help people to hold on not to make a permanent choice for a temporary situation. Before the coronavirus, the suicide rate in America had increased over 32%. Now, the suicide rate is soaring higher. Now, the suicide rate of kids between five and 11 has soared to over 70%. So the work that you're doing and reasons that I, I'm using this time and this place in my life at 75 to train messengers of hope, it's because we really are called upon to create environments of hope for our children environments more powerful than willpower. So when people have hope, when people have support, creating collaborative, achievement-driven, supportive relationships, it gives them the power to weather the storms of life. This is no time for, for us to try and do things solo. We have to reach out to each other. We have to encourage each other because there's strength in that, that number of where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be among you. That there's strength and power when you align yourself with people who have your kind of consciousness and think like you think, big dreams and moving beyond their comfort zone and reinventing themselves. There's power in that. There's no time to isolate ourselves. And, and the possibilities of what can come out of that unified effort of love, compassion, and achievement-driven life. It's, it's amazing. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered the heart of mankind what God has in store for us. We're willing to work together and help each other and operate in a spirit of love. God is love, and he who dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in them. Amen. Hmm. You know, when, when we talk about, 
when we go through things. Um, I have also, I'm also a creator. Because of the breast cancer, I get to speak on many medical stages now. And, and I'm an author of, of a book. And because of the divorce, I created an emotional support body pillow that comforted me at night, that hugs me at night, that filled a need. And I kept hearing your voice. If it's helping you, it could help others. So I went ahead and I created it and I invented it. And it took over a year and a half to work on this with China before the coronavirus. And the pillow came to tuition and it's helped over 200 people, whether they are not feeling well, they have any health challenges or for emotional support. So when you speak, I not only listen, I absorb your words and then I live in your words. Congratulations on your doing that because my daughter said that gaps are from God. And so we have time on our hands. I've learned to become bilingual. I speak squirrely, as you are aware. <laughs> I talk to squirrels every day. One particularly, his name is Tyrone. And he wakes me up in the morning. Hey, Les, what's up? Going, 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 going. I said, I'm cool. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. <laughs> <laughs> but I want one of those emotional pillows. I, I, you didn't know, you hold it back on me. We were created by the Creator to create. Gaps are from God. This is a time for us to reflect on our lives. This is a time for us to come up and create something that will allow us to be fully independent. This is a time for us to live our calling. A job is something you get paid for, but your calling is something that you're made for. And so everything that you and I have experienced has brought us to where we are right now. All of God behind us and before us as we move forward into the future to begin to create the next greatest version of ourselves. Wow. Well, I am ready to step in to a new moment, because I live in the now. I prepare for the future. I leave the past where it is, because those were my lessons, to be able to live right now and to accept the things that are going on in my life right now. What am I going to do with it? Yes, and we must move with a sense of urgency. And, and, and I'm going to wind up on this, because I want what you said to really stay with people about doing what's important now, so that when you operate in the now, you won't die a life of no regrets. And I remember being at a table in, in, in Vegas at Caesar's Palace with Frank Sinatra when Gladys Knight and I were married. And he said to a young man, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. And I had planned to do a special Wayne Dyer and I for public television to raise funds for public television. And we kept putting it off. Our schedules were busy and we just did not make it a priority, even though it was something that we both wanted to do. We'd always yearn to do something together. And then somebody called me and said, hey, Wayne is gone. I said, gone where? He died, he's out of here. I said, no, yes. He, he died of a heart attack in his sleep. Oh, that threw me for a loop. And I realized tomorrow's not promised. And so now I write down things that I'm interested in doing 
and I prioritize now. I, I don't just go through the day. I put down the things that I want to get out of the day. Now, I live life with a sense of urgency. I know that I have more tomorrows. I mean, more yesterday, what do you say? No, I have more yesterdays than tomorrows. And so I live each day as if I mean it. I think about it. I ask myself, is this important that I'm about to do? Is it positive? Is it productive? Is it purposeful? Is it profitable? And I make a decision as, as, as to how much time and energy I would focus on it. Anything that's outside of those P's that I just mentioned, I don't give it my attention. Attention is the new currency. What attracts your eye and what holds your attention will determine what it is that you act on. And you always want to ask yourself daily, am I on course? Is this what I'm doing that has captured my attention? Is it on the path of leading me to living and doing the greater work? Is it taking me down the lane that I would be in the process of creating the next greatest version of myself? Is it these things that I'm giving my life to, will it allow me to live a life that will outlive me? And that's what you have done, Lindy. You've decided that in, in spite of all these things that have happened to me, I'm crazy, but you can't lock me up. I'm going to live a life that will outlive me. I'm crazy, but you can't lock me up because I, I'm not going to allow what has happened to me to determine who I am going to be. I'm crazy because you can't lock me up because I'm a masterpiece, because I'm a piece of the master. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Wow, well, thank you so, so much. Les, is it okay to give everybody, I know you have lesbrown.com website, is there any other way that you would like people to get in touch with you? What are your last words of wisdom to them? Well, not your last words, because you will keep on speaking and we will continue to yeah. hear you. Yes. But for right now, for right now, how would you like our audience to be able to click off and think about their now moments? Steve Jobs said, the storyteller is the most powerful person in the world. And you're in our class now. Your voice, your knowledge, your experiences, those are your superpowers. And people who want some coaching on how they can, from the safety and comfort of their home, make a difference and, and earn more money, I want them to email me if you're ready to invest in yourself I'm coaching a, a limited number of people, but email me at lesbrown77 at gmail.com. That's lesbrown77 at gmail.com. And my staff will vet you and determine if it's a good fit. I don't work with everybody. I only want, want to work with a few people. And, and at this stage of my life, I like working with people that are hungry. <laughs>
because you do have to be hungry in order to grow and become everything and more. Ladies and gentlemen, I truly know that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I don't want it to end, but we have to end right now. And with that being said, thank you so much, Les, for sharing your time with me, with my audience, and pouring again into me at the most vital time, probably, that I needed you again in my life. So thank you so, so much. Thank you. And this is only beginning. We have many more things to do together. I love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it, Miss Lynn D. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Let's say goodbye to the audience. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, you have something special. You have greatness in you. And when you're pursuing your greatness, you don't know what your limits are. So you act like you don't have any. You are a masterpiece because you're a piece of the master. God bless you. God bless the day you were born. This is Mrs. Mamie Brown's baby boy and Lindy's pride and joy. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Well, that's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for joining me, Lindy Eldridge, and my guest on this episode of I'm Crazy, But You Can't Lock Me Up. Please download, share, and follow me. And I promise your next episode is going to be just as inspiring as this one. Take care. Bye-bye for now.